Welcome to the Crypto Podcast. You can find all our episodes on thecryptopodcast.org. Also on BitChute and YouTube, you'll find the links in the podcast description. I'm also a podcasting coach because I've got five podcasts. I'd also like to thank my listeners because I know the last episode I was saying we got into the top two and a half percent with the Crypto Podcast. And today I learned we're in the top one and a half percent. So thank you very much for that. Today, my guest, Australian, but now in South Africa, please welcome Dimitri Nico, Nicola Kakas. Did I do it yeah, justice? They, they nailed it, Roy. Thanks for having me. Cheers. I know. You might let the listeners know. Who's Dimitri? Awesome. Yeah. So um, I am Dimitri Nikola Karkas, as you said. I come from a digital marketing and e-commerce background, um, but lately, last couple of years, I've been getting very into the crypto space and kind of transitioning from that e-commerce world of online advertising and customer acquisition and figuring out how to grow brands online to now finding ways to integrate that into the e-commerce business model, essentially. So my main focus at the moment is a software called 3Commerce, which is essentially a no-code solution for these e-commerce brands to be able to deploy their own NFT collections and integrate blockchain technology to drive sales within their e-commerce brands. Okay, excellent. Yeah, looking forward to going into that in detail. So you might let me know your own crypto journey when you started. Say, say again, sorry. Your, your own crypto journey when you got involved in- How did get started? Probably, yeah. uh, I think it was 2016, 2017, like the whole ICO boom. I was actually just starting my entrepreneurial journey then. I was 22, 21, 22 years old. And I was renting, I went to rent a shared office space back in Melbourne, Australia um, from another chap. And he had this massive computer tower sitting in the corner that was super noisy. And I asked him what that was all about. And uh, turns out he was mining crypto, mining Bitcoin in the corner of the office. And that was kind of like the beginning, the, the doorway. And then from there, I accidentally got involved in a lot of these kind of pyramid schemes where people were referring each other and like multi, the whole multi-level marketing thing. Like I'm sure, I don't know if you remember BitConnect, that whole... Uh, I haven't heard scam, of BitConnect, uh, but I know yeah, like uh, multi-level marketing, I'm well familiar yeah, with. Yeah, exactly, so. exactly. So I kind of got sucked into the world through that. But I mean, it was a blessing in disguise because that's what opened the door um, into the crypto space for me. And then from there, I mean, since I've been trading, collecting, um, or rather accumulating crypto, as well as, you know, starting to buy and trade NFTs and things like that, I bought a Bored Ape at the end of 2021. And since then, I've just been kind of stacking up while building my other businesses on the side so that's kind of the journey yeah and the board ape is that the one that you've got on your facebook uh, page is it yeah that's it it's oh, like yeah, yeah i didn't know you had got one i thought you were just using it to kind of let people know what you're involved in so. oh no that would be sacrilege hey <laughs> no, brilliant. and just on the multi-level marketing because i think people don't realize as well by you know when you get into that it actually because a lot of people are teaching you how to recruit how to sell and everything it helps you in all forms of business people don't realize that that later on because there is a lot of scams in that there's a lot of stuff where they're trying to get you to just buy the product yourself and you become the customer without even realizing it but the reality is there's some very good teachers there on the state you get recommended some books and i think that any business that you get involved in you know you get the skill set from that yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't get too involved in like the recruitment side of things. I was recruited, but I didn't bring on board many people. I didn't get too deep in that context. Um, but there's definitely a lot to learn from that. I think if you can be wise about it and go and, and take those teachings and then go and apply it to a business that you actually own, because I mean, if you, if you get into multi-level marketing, there are people making a lot of money with that. 
Um, but at the end of the day, you don't own your own business and your own assets and you don't have an, an exitable company, right? Um, so I think, yeah, sure, take some of those skill sets and then go and build something that where you actually hold the value in the company. No, absolutely. And I've seen people as well where they were doing well and the company just disappeared overnight. And as you say, you don't own the business. So it's like, yeah, your income just, uh, you know, gets, gets yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I learned that the hard way. I mean, I was doing affiliate marketing back years ago uh, where it was essentially for e-commerce stuff. And it was the same deal. Like you drive a lot of traffic to all of these offers and then an advertiser pulls away from you or, you know, these offers are no good anymore. Or your Facebook ad account gets banned and then your business is just wiped out overnight. Right. And then from there, I kind of yeah, learned that lesson the hard way and went into building my own e-commerce brands and actually selling my own products online. And then you get a little bit more longevity, you know, and you're, you're building a real business. Exactly the same concept. Yeah. yeah excellent. So with the NFTs, because, you know, it's something that I I missed the boat with the with the crypto, you know, blockchain, Ethereum and everything. But I, I get NFTs. So like with the board ape you know a lot of the stuff you see uh like open sea and stuff like that are you kind of like creating something for people to be like an alternative to that or what exactly is it that's so what we're doing is essentially a lot of these nft collections that are being launched have some kind of utility and this this utility is often in the form of community right so you buy into the board ape yacht club for example and you're a part of their community and they also release merchandise and clothing and hoodies and and um, caps and things like that for their board ape holders. Now, the way they kind of regulate or facilitate that process is in order to gain access to the products on the website and to purchase that, that board ape yacht club hoodie, you must go and verify that you own a board ape yacht club NFT with your MetaMask. So it's only accessible to those holders. Now, if we take that same concept essentially and take Nike, for example, we can sell nike's say ten thousand most loyal customers we can sell them a a loyalty pass in the form of an nft and then based on whether or not a customer owns that loyalty pass we can give them certain benefits in the form of products like the same way that uh the board ape yacht club guys did it or um you know early access to content exclusive products products especially just for those customers whatever it might be so essentially you know creating these these programs and these communities for e-commerce brands based around whether or not someone holds one of these nfts and is an active member of the community and then in turn that increases the the lifetime value of these customers it increases the amount that they spend over time with you because obviously someone that is a part of the nike nft program for example is going to spend more than just the general consumer and it also decreases the acquisition costs right because now that these customers essentially own a piece of the loyalty program, they actually have an asset, a digital asset that that's, that's, um, that backs that loyalty program. They're incentivized by the value of that pass to go and share the program or rather share the, the products and things with their friends and family. Because as more customers come on board, as friends and family are referred and, and the brand grows, more people want to get into the program. So the value of their pass will go up. Right. So it's it's essentially using it as a marketing tool that increases the uh, lifetime value and decreases the acquisition costs. One of the big things that we're doing differently, though, because there are a couple of guys that are doing this sort of stuff already, is the, the reality is that, you know, if you're looking at baby products or supplements or whatever it might be, most of those consumers generally will not know what a MetaMask is or what an NFT is. And actually, like, you know, with this whole bear market now, there's a bit of like a sour taste in the consumer's mouth. If you were to mention, if, or if a brand was to mention that they're releasing an NFT, that would probably, you know, the customers would probably want to run away because they're afraid of getting scammed or something like that. So um, what we're doing is 
creating a, a web two or a traditional user experience, a traditional loyalty program experience, but using this web three infrastructure on the backend in order to create and facilitate some of these processes in ways that you can't do with a traditional internet, like being able to trade passes and actually having digital assets that, that can't be replicated without using the blockchain. So we're, we're unlocking a lot of those benefits, but doing it in a very familiar way for these customers that, uh, that don't have experience with web three and the blockchain. And because I've experienced um, some things where people are giving, say, the utilities and you don't know then the way that it was written that has the utility being used. For example, one of them was like, say, five lifetime tickets. And when they're selling it on, are you just buying the picture? Are you buying the utility? Are you creating this in a way that I, you know, obviously if it's something that's used like with Nike and stuff like that, but sometimes when there's a utility that's specific, how do you know that you're actually getting that or just the actual, say the, the digital yeah. picture? Yeah, that's a good question. I think like for the most part, because you're buying essentially into one of these brands loyalty programs, they're going to be continuously dropping different benefits and, and utility for their community members, right? It's not just going to be like, you know, buy this and then you'll get this one time because then there's no reason for a customer to be a part of the program into the future. And there's no reason for them to trade it with other people. And because of that, there's not going to be that inherent kind of commoditized trading and that that value that uh, that is ingrained so that people aren't going to be referring. So it's really up to the brands to be continually providing a lot of benefits for these these um, customers and these pass holders um, and on an ongoing basis. So then when someone does come in and want to buy, they can see, oh, sweet, you know, Nike's giving all of these benefits. Last month, they did this. The month before they did that, I want to be a part of that program. And then that's where the value comes from. And that's why they want to buy into it, right? As opposed to giving like specific benefits where you don't know if you're going to get it or not, or if it's, you know, kind of expired by that point. Mm -hmm. um, and there are there are companies that have already done this that are doing a really, really good job of it. There's one called um, The Hundreds. It's a streetwear brand in the United States. And they released an NFT collection last year called Adam Bomb Squad, which was 20,000 unique NFTs. And based on the holders of those NFTs on an ongoing basis, whenever Adam bombs, or sorry, rather, whenever the hundreds do a product drop, they'll release certain hoodies, certain colors um, of their clothing just for their pass holders. And of course, all of every time they do that, it sells out right away because those guys are fanatics and they want to be a part of that community. They want to identify and show off the fact that they're a part of the Adam bomb squad um, NFT collection and, and, and customer base, you know, so. Okay. And like, I see most of the people in the space, they're using uh, Discord. And when you've got a lot of channels on Discord, it can be kind of overwhelming. Am I doing it wrong? Or what's the best way to actually manage this when you're, it's okay if you're just doing one or two, but when you seem to be in, I don't know, 20 plus, maybe even a hundred, what's the best way to navigate these things? Yeah, I mean, I... <laughs> I honestly don't think Discord is going to last that long from a community, like a Web3 community perspective. It's it's a very niche sort of platform for these communities to be interacting. And, and for the most part, I think probably 99.9% .9 of those communities are very Web3 kind of vertically integrated. They are the guys that really understand the Web3 stuff. So as the technology progresses and gets used more and more in everyday life, we're not going to be asking those those general consumers, those mom and pop consumers to actually come onto Discord because it's just too foreign, right? Um, Discord will forever just be for the hardcore supporters of Web3 and uh, and crypto and that whole jam. Um, but to kind of go back to answering your question, it, it, Discord is a complete mess for me, at least. I mean, I, t I turn off, try and turn off a lot, a lot of the notifications so that I only get the ones where I'm mentioned. 
Otagden, but it's it's crazy. It's yeah, if you're part of more than like ten communities, it's very very difficult to manage. Yeah, and the worst thing is if you're kind of trying to be engaged, it's sucking your time. And at the end of the day, you know, you've only something, especially if you're building a business like you are, you know, you don't want to be getting sidetracked looking at something. And unfortunately, there's one, there's a lot of spammers coming to these things as well, you know, and they're just trying to then write to you directly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I get a lot of phishing scams that message me, but you should definitely turn off like so that people can't DM you if you're not either friends with them or in a mutual community with them and then make sure that you're not in any dodgy communities. Like you can regulate your settings so that you don't get messages from scammers like that. But there are so many scams out there and I've had people, you know, try and get access or get me to verify my MetaMask on certain things. And I mean, I'm sure and pretty much anyone in the crypto space has probably seen this stuff as, as well as all these scam posts on Twitter, which is like, you know, Board Ape Yacht Club is doing a surprise mint. Come here, verify your MetaMask and uh, and you get a free Board Ape NFT or whatever it might be. And then they just drain your wallet. You know, you got to be so careful. Because I've seen with MetaMask that uh, when you look at the reviews, it's like so many people have been scammed. It's like 15% or something like that, like that. And <laughs> you know, and it's new for some people. And it's a shame because like looking forward it is probably blockchain is the the one way to kind of protect the artist the creators create you know it's a brilliant system but because there's all these scammers they're kind because of, when you get burnt a lot of people will never come back to it yeah absolutely but i think like you know the technology is still in its infancy right i kind of tell people that it's it's the same as the same way the internet works like most people now are on the internet and they use the internet in their day-to-day -day lives but they have no idea how the mechanics of the internet actually work they're just using it and it's going to be the same with web3 and the blockchain it's it's going to be used for a lot of our day-to-day -day activities and uh and online interactions and things like that but most people are not going to understand how the blockchain works they don't need to right same way you don't need to know how your internet connection all connects up in the clouds and stuff so when when it does get to that point i think there's going to be a lot of measures and it, it is going to be much safer it's because we're kind of as the hardcore users now we're interacting with the raw version of it that hasn't been filtered for the rookie consumer yet right and with that comes a lot of vulnerabilities with with all of these scams um, what's your thoughts on the bots then for um, NFTs? Because, you know, some people think, you know, using the bots that you're kind of going out and, you know, watching stuff for you. But at the same time, then you've got fake bidding and there's so much going on. So just curious how you feel about the bots. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a hardcore NFT trader, so I probably can't comment on it too much. Um, but yeah, I, I think it can be useful if you know how to use the tools. But um, at the end of the day, there is no sort of silver bullet and there's no way to just print free money. It, it does come down to being able to really identify the fundamentals of an NFT project and identify whether or not it's a solid opportunity and not just, you know, the numbers and, and using bots to, to find those opportunities. I think it mm. takes a little bit more than that. Yeah. What, uh, what cold wallet do you recommend and why? <sighs> Security is not my forte, hey? And that's, that's probably a bit of a problem. I'm using a Ledger Nano S at the moment. And I mean, it does the job. Yeah, and no, I have a Ledger as well. It does yeah. the job for me as well. That's it. So with, like, I suppose, let's talk about building a community because I know that's something that you work on and you do a lot of kind of promotions, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and things like that. Because some people, even if they're just the artists themselves, 
they create something and they think they'll just put it on open sea and they'll they'll make millions but the reality is it's the exact same as opening a shop and nobody knows that you've got a shop that you still have to do the marketing and so you're really specializing in that so i suppose for somebody that's trying to get their message out there like building a community both organically and paid what what kind of way would you advise people and obviously i know it's a service that you provide yeah so i mean yeah like you said we we do consulting with this sort of stuff i think anyone that says they're a complete expert at this is just lying because it changes every week it's absolutely insane which makes it very difficult for guys like us because it's it's hard for us to systemize these these processes and solutions and then scale them up when they're changing every week but generally what we're seeing work kind of consistently or on an ongoing basis is i mean when it comes to the marketing side of things there are three sort of core pillars or um, steps that you have to take into consideration. The the first one is the traffic and where people are going to come from, right? Those eyeballs and bring them into your community. Second is how that community is then managed and uh, how you interact with that community so that you get the most engagement out of them and so that they take the actions that you want them to take, whether that's minting your NFT or you know providing feedback or whatever it might be. And then the third one is is how to continue to facilitate that community engagement after your mint, right? So that the floor price of your project continues to climb over time uh, as you continue to provide ongoing benefits and and you know new project updates and things like that. With the first one, right, which is the most important, like how we actually get eyeballs on our project and where the traffic comes from. We have tried a lot of different stuff and consistently what we're seeing to be the most reliable, although the most expensive is the traditional web two marketing in the form of paid advertising, um, being like Facebook, Instagram, Google, Twitter ads, and things like that, which is, it can be a little bit difficult to do because a lot of these um, ad platforms have sort of restrictive policies on what you can, what you can and can't advertise um, in the crypto space. Uh, but if you can find a, a workaround for that stuff, I mean, we work with Facebook directly because we've spent millions and millions of dollars on on ads. I think we're probably getting close to 100 million now. So we we have certain lines in that lets us kind of navigate that a little bit more easily. If you can crack that, then I would say paid ads is going to be the best or most sustainable tool when it comes to getting eyes on your project. You can do, I mean, we've done Twitter shout outs and, you know, spaces and gone down the viral route where we're doing like retweet, like mass retweet campaigns to millions of followers. But that is very up and down. It, it has worked in the past, but at the moment and particularly now where we're seeing a market where, you know, the confidence is quite low amongst the the general consumer, like the retail consumer of NFTs, these guys that are buying the, the end product, the, the confidence is quite low, which means that there isn't that much organic chatter going on and people aren't that excited. So the shout outs aren't working as well. But again, you know, on the flip side, then there's opportunity because these shout outs do come cheaper from these Twitter influencers. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different kind of elements and, uh, and ways to look at it. But again, I think the the traditional web two marketing, getting on podcasts, doing paid advertising campaigns, creating like a, a organic content generation machine so that you're constantly pumping out content based on your project. All of these fundamentals are essentially what are going to work in the long run and uh, and how you win when you're running a, a project in the web three space. And I like I get doing the paid thing um, a lot when you're kind of building it from scratch. But when you have somebody that's been working on something for years, 
and then switch over because true, you know, lots of different companies that I have, and I've had the conversation with a few people when you have a decent enough organic growth and then you start doing the paid, I know is that your experience as well, true Facebook and, and, and Google that once you start paying them, then your organic kind of stops because they want to get to keep paying. I guess it kind of depends. I think organic is a really effective way to get a business off the ground and to get proof of concept because obviously it's free, right? You don't have to spend money on that advertising. The, the problem with the organic stuff is you're going to hit a ceiling relatively quickly and then it's very difficult to scale rapidly beyond that point. It's not linear, right? You can, if you manage to crack organic, it can go exponential. But if you want linear, constant, ongoing growth, the paid advertising is a better way to do it because essentially you're building a, a customer acquisition machine where you know you spend $1, you get 10 customers or 10 people in your discord, you spend $10, you get a hundred, you spend a hundred, you get a thousand and it scales more linearly. So even though your organic traffic may get like softened or, or pampered a little bit, like dumbed down a little bit, you, the whole idea of introducing the paid element is for that traffic that's coming in to be way more than what your organic would have been anyway. Right. So, I mean, if, and then it becomes a little less relevant whether or not your organic traffic is, is, really bringing in a lot or not okay cool and with say influencers then because i like i see a lot of different influencers and you know, there seems to be a lot of magicians out there that seem to be getting you know massive traffic but you know they're kind of how would i say promoting everything which i think that's that like if you've somebody that kind of sticks to the crypto side it's probably better for say the likes of e if you're using someone like that then the guy that one day he's doing red bull the next day he's doing mcdonald's and it's like anything goes kind of you know makeup stuff whatever it is yeah of course i mean like you definitely want to choose influences and accounts and things that are have are consistently posting content that's related to what you want to promote yourself as well as you know you want to make sure and check that their followers are all legit you know go through check some of their accounts go and look at other shout outs that other people have done using that influencer and then go and look at the engagement on those we've been scammed by so many it's i mean it's just part of the process running an agency particularly when you're dealing with a lot of these influencer shout outs and stuff like that there's so much trash that you have to kind of sift through in terms of the quality of these posts and what a lot of these influencers do like i mean it's a business for them as well at the end of the day and what they do is they'll they'll post and then they'll just blast that post with fake engagement right they'll have let's say 800,000 followers that are all pretty crappy they'll put a post up and then they'll put 10,000 fake likes on that post so that they can turn around and say to you hey look it worked really well look how much engagement there was so it's it's really difficult it does take a very very long time to kind of actually build a trustworthy list of influences that you can and um, do know are going to work quite effectively and it's it can be it end up being quite an expensive activity for sure excellent and i see that twitter like has kind of become the space as well for nfts and like i'm assuming it's better if you've got a normal channel to just kind of separate that and create the one that's just related to the nfts rather than being because unfortunately that's what i've done on my podcast go out and listen on the the twitter channel that i've got has it got much engagement not really it's it's very easy to share it when you're promoting on youtube BitTutor, and like that even anchor i think you're on anchor as well with your podcast just a button press the button and it's fast but regarding engagement it's not great but i suppose with if you have something specific to nfts it's probably a lot more engaging 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think with with anything when it comes to social media, you're obviously going to want your account to be related to exactly what you're doing because people that are following you want to follow you for a reason, right? Um, and it's, chances are it's not going to be the other 99 things you're working on. It's like the one thing that they came for one thing and that's what you should give them. Yeah, yeah. So you know? just your, your, your podcast, because, uh, you know, I'd like to tell you're on uh, Anchor as well, I believe. Yeah. So, so we haven't actually launched our podcast yet. Um, I, I Like I mentioned to you earlier, we just built this studio like two days ago it, it finished um and i kind of just did it for fun essentially with um now that i've moved into software there's a lot less client facing stuff that i have to do um and a lot less kind of impressing people and selling myself and all of that which is really really exciting like i'm, I'm focusing on building a, a product a, a really solid product that essentially should sell itself and that means that you know now that i'm not jumping on sales calls with lots of clients and kind of representing our marketing agency as much. I can do whatever I want and I don't feel like I have to sell something, which means that, you know, now we've started or we're about to start this podcast. We're going to call it the monkey business podcast. I think I can just jump on with a lot of very incredible, cool people and just have a good time with them and just chat about business without having to worry too much about promoting anything, which I think is where, you know, we get like the most genuine experiences and interactions with people and stuff like that, which is really exciting. I mean, I'm from Cape Town and I run a lot of networking events here as well as the Cape Town Supercar Club, which is a car club for people that have Ferraris and Lamborghinis and stuff like that. And naturally, a lot of those guys run really big, really cool companies. So I guess it just made sense to find a way to sit down with those guys and have long form conversations and then share it with the world, which is exciting. No, definitely. And what I love is uh, on the podcast, you can ask any conversation, you know, any question and people tend to just share their knowledge with you. You know, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. I've had amazing conversations over the years. Like, so, excellent. So I wish you super success with, uh, with your business. You might, and I mean, I can give the link once it's up the podcast, but uh, you might let people know how they can get in contact with you. Dimitri. Absolutely. I, thanks, Roy. I think the best way is to just uh, follow me on Instagram at dim.nico. And then from there, you'll be able to see our marketing agency. All, all the links are in my, my bio. So our marketing agency is there. Um, three commerce, our software company is there, which uh, now we're taking e-commerce brands for beta testing. So if you have an e-commerce brand, please reach out. But most importantly, before you even go to any of those websites, just shoot me a DM. I'm really keen to connect with you guys and just have a chat, see where you're at. And if there's anything I can help with, just let me know. I'm always happy to help and meet cool people. Excellent. Okay. Thank you very much. I'll make sure I love the link button, the audio and the video. Cheers. Fantastic. Thanks. So that's all for the crypto podcast. You can find out all episodes on the crypto As mentioned, we're on BitChute and YouTube. Sure to give us a thumbs up, five star rating. And when you see Dimitri's podcast, do the same for him. Give him a five star rating because it'll help him get up the charts. Until next week, take care.